All right, Colossians chapter 2, I just want to read verses 8 through uh, 6 through 15. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is head of all principality and power. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. And so to the night, uh, tonight the title of our message is A Joyful Death. A Joyful Death. Well, this was written by the Apostle Paul, and before the Apostle Paul became a uh, follower of Jesus Christ, he was a Pharisee. He was a religious Jew. Uh, we might call it kind of the equivalent, and maybe in our kind of thinking, like kind of a pastor, priest, rabbi kind of thing. He was really a rabbi. And they did have a teaching that was correct, that, that a Gentile man, a Gentile non-Jewish man, uh, could become a Jewish uh, proselyte. And what's a proselyte? It's a convert to Judaism. And basically, basically, three things he would need to do. First off, uh, he was a grown man. He needed to be circumcised. Uh, not to be crude, that's why a lot of guys backed out. That's why a lot of guys said, I, I don't, I'm not in on that one. And so they still followed uh, you know, Judaism, but they weren't full-on Jews. Um, they were called God-fearers, actually. Uh, the second thing that they would have to go through is they would have to go through a ritual washing, uh, symbolic of washing their sins away and to be clean before God. And then if they were able to get to the temple, they would have to make a sacrifice for their sins. Now, after Jesus Christ died on the cross, and then he, uh, the Apostle Paul met the risen Christ on the road to Damascus, uh, the Apostle Paul was converted. And instead of just still doing these traditions, uh, he saw the reality of what those things meant, what, what the circumcision meant, what the ritual washings meant, what the sacrifices that they made at the temple meant. And he saw the reality of all of that in Jesus Christ and him dying on the cross. Therefore, if you will, entry into the family of God was clarified or redefined based on Christ's death and resurrection and becoming what 2 Corinthians calls a new creation. Somebody becomes new. You'll see all of their shirts say on them, made new. And then it has the Bible verse on the back that they are, they are, new, they are new creations. And you could say that Christ's death, his uh, being cut on the cross has now become our circumcision if we are followers of Jesus. If you're here tonight, you're not a follower of Jesus. We're very glad that you're here, so glad you're here. Please say hi on the way out. We all started that way. It's, it's, not, it's not a big deal. Don't, don't worry about it. 
We'd love to have you come and keep coming and keep learning more. So, um, you know, so uh, his being cut, if you will, was our being, his being cut on the cross was our circumcision. Uh, we are washed, the scripture tells us, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's all because of the sacrifice of his sins, not the sacrifice that we make, but the sacrifice of Jesus' sins. And those, those sacrifices were symbolic of Jesus being washed in Jesus' blood and having our sins forgiven. Now we come into New Testament times, and uh, the Lord teaches us that there are two ordinances of the church in the New Testament. One is the Lord's table, and the second one is baptism. Now, in the past, typically the way it went was you would be baptized, and then you would be eligible to participate in the Lord's table. They would say that baptism, upon putting your trust in Jesus, and then you'd be baptized, that would be your entry into the church and then you participated in the Lord's table. In America, we have it completely backwards, but it's all right. I think God's going to forgive us for that one. That's, that one's going to be okay. And, and, and both of those ordinances, the Lord's table, some places we call it communion, and baptism are for those who have believed in Jesus. What do we mean they've believed in Jesus? We mean that they've put their trust in Jesus. So they're no longer trusting in themselves. So if you ask these people why they're going to heaven, they shouldn't say to you, it's because I'm a good person. If they think it's because, if they tell me that in the pool, I'm kicking them out. I'm the lifeguard. I'm kicking them out of the pool. And so it's not because they're a good person. It's because they have put their trust in the life of another, the Lord Jesus Christ. So tonight, each one of these people, uh, they've attended a class. They've, they've uh, answered some questions. They are going to make a public statement to all of us that they have put their trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, they want to follow Jesus Christ. And as they used to say back in the day, they are entering into his church. Now, it's very interesting when we think of baptism, we think of the water, and we tend to think of the washing away of our sins. And that is 100% true. But as much as Jesus washes away our sins, as you study the scriptures, you see that baptism is really more associated with death. We read in verse 12, we said, buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And so baptism is a picture, if you will. It is a, a visual aid to reenact Christ's death and resurrection. And if you will, when someone is baptized, think of somebody going down into the grave, we accept God's judgment against our sins. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, you say, well, that doesn't sound very positive. They go into the water. You're going to let them come back up. Well, it depends. When they're down, you're all going to vote whether we put them back up or we, or we leave them down. That's going to be up to you guys, and nobody will be able to try me for murder. They'll just try me for being stupid. Now, they, um, <laughs> there's a catch to those who have trust Jesus. Uh, they, they do go into the grave, but they don't die alone. And that is the big difference between someone who dies in Christ and someone who dies outside of Christ. We die with Christ. That's what's happening in the, in, in the, in symbolically here in baptism. We die with Christ who died for us. So what do you, you're like, what do you mean they died? They're, they're still going to be here with us. Uh, in other words, 
we, we die to the old ways. Many people, when they become Christians, it's amazing the life changes that they, they go under, and they're like, I, 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 everything is changing, and you don't even talk about that stuff. And it's just the, the power of the Spirit of God beginning to work inside of people through just really through hearing uh, the Word of God. And so they're going to die to the old ways. They begin to put the past uh, behind them. And it's not just trying better. Did you ever try something and it doesn't really work? It's not just trying better. It's actually thinking differently, thinking in a way that you want to live your life that pleases God. And I'm not talking about being, being religious. Uh, and then what happens is you begin to, with God's help, live differently because you realize that not only did you die with Christ, but you were raised with Christ and he is with you everywhere that you go, and you're never alone anymore. You're always with him. Now, some of these things are going to take a while to change. So sometimes if you, those of you who are newer to the faith, you're like, oh, why is this not changing as fast as I want it to? Or I wish it would be you know, just taken away from me. Um, you know, things take, t- take a little while. Some things are quick. Usually we always say that the things that keep you out of jail, those tends to be the quicker things. And then some of the other things take a little bit longer. But that's not really the point. The point of the matter really is, is that now they are trusting in Jesus Christ to change them. They're not just trusting. They have a willingness, for sure. You have to have a willingness. But now they are trusting in Christ to help them to change And the interesting thing about that is as you are changing, as you are trusting God to help you to change, you continually experience God's forgiving love. So instead of beating yourself up, don't do that anymore. Instead of beating yourself up, you confess your sins. You know that God washes you clean. He forgives your sins. And you say, Lord, please help me to change. And then I don't know how this works. It just does you begin to experience God's forgiving love. And then, motivated by that love, motivated by that grace, you then begin to continue to ask God daily to help you change the sinful patterns in your life. So, this is what I want you all to do tonight. I want you to use your imagination. I want you to imagine that when they go into the water... Okay, the old them is going into the grave. The person that they used to be is going into the grave. uh, And and then what's going to happen is, but when they're going into the grave, remember, they are not alone. Jesus is with them. So death has no, you know, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. So God is with them as they go into this. They They are with Jesus. Jesus is with them. But also remember this, as they go into that water, they're not going to stay in that water. Why? Because the grave can no longer hold them. The grave can no longer hold them because they will rise up out of the grave because already by putting their trust in Jesus Christ, they are a new creation and the grave cannot hold a new creation. And so we imagine them going into the grave, but we also imagine them being raised up by Christ out of the grave into his presence. And this reminds us 
that there is not only in a behavior sen- behavioral sense, but in every sense of the imagination, there is a new power in their lives, and they are being transformed now and will continue to be transformed to the point in time when they pass from this life into the next or the Lord returns when they pass into the next life. So baptism reminds us of a lot of things. One of the things I like to think of is it reminds us of the powers that once ruled our lives cannot keep us under any longer. The powers that seem to want to drown us all the time are unable to drown us because we are going to come up out of the grave. They can't keep us under because the power of Jesus Christ will raise us up. The power of Jesus to change us from all of those old ways and those old sinful patterns, the things that we hate, are no longer having any kind of power over us. Those influences and those powers are powerless against us. And remember this, you owe those powers nothing. You owe them nothing. They have no more power over you. They are no longer ruling your life. And you owe them nothing. So baptism is not just about, though, our resurrection from the dead. It also connects us with Jesus' triumph over death, with Jesus' triumph over sin, with Jesus' triumph over the darkness. So now we are doing this as symbolic of our triumph in Christ. Now, if you're here tonight and you've never put your trust in Jesus, I pray that this visual uh, picture of resurrected life, of a life that is cleansed from sin and, and a life that is, is no longer just given into who we want to be all the time, but who God wants us to be. I, I pray that when you see this, you think, that's what I want when I die, and that's what I want now. When you hear their stories, that's why I always talk first, because I always feel like after they talk, anything else I say would be totally irrelevant. Uh, that when you hear their stories, simple stories of people who just were one day one thing, and next day, like, what happened to me? They just heard the simple, life-changing message of Jesus Christ. On the same, maybe you say they kind of look the same. On the outside, they kind of look the same. But on the inside, very, very different. And you can have that tonight by putting your trust in Jesus Christ. So they go into the water. They go in, think of it this way, spiritually dead as a sinner covered with guilt and shame. Now, they've already made that commitment to Christ, so that's already happened. But many times we feel dirty in this life. And so baptism reminds us that Jesus Christ washes us clean. And that guilt, that shame is washed away. And so that symbolic of them going in one way, coming out another way, a new creation, no longer held by the grave. And that's why we think of baptism as a joyful death. Well, let's pray. Well, Lord, we thank you so much for these guys 